Welcome to episode number 38 of the Who Am I podcast with the Southside Church of Christ. This is where we take the time to consider our identity as Christians and what that means in the world in which we live today. Uh, I am Brian Dill, and here with me, as always, is the astounding Jackson Wells. I'm glad to be here. All right. All right. We also are very excited to have with us today uh, Brother Ricky Burse. Welcome. Thank you, Brian. Jackson, it's good to be with you. <laughs> well, we are we are excited about what this episode holds for us. So uh, let's go ahead and get this started. So we're going to open with five somewhat random questions. Um, I hope your answers are good. No, pre- <laughs> no pressure here. Right. So yeah, no if pressure. they're random questions, then it can be random answers. That's right. right. They don't yes. necessarily they have don't, to match. They, right. don't, they don't have Yeah, I can ask you a question, and you can give me an answer to a completely different question. <laughs> We've never had anybody ask that, that would before. Be, that would be perfect. Right. Let's see. Wrong answers only. <laughs> right. What is your favorite sport and team associated with that sport? Well, I feel like having walked into Brian's office and seeing all this stuff, I Uh-oh. need to be honest and you know, match that one up. So uh, probably my favorite sport is college football. Okay. And uh, having grown up in West Tennessee, the University of Tennessee okay. is still my favorite team. That's a good one. I respect that. Yeah. I right? respect that. Right? <laughs> I remember seeing uh, one of the pictures that you sent us was, I guess, from your office, and I could tell – that there was a picture that had a, a Smokey on there with the with a football, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I see yeah. what this is." Oh, <laughs> I do happen to be a Cardinal baseball fan, right? Too, so yeah, <laughs> was last year they beat Alabama. What was that like for you? Listen, man, it was pretty exciting because it had been a long <laughs> time. Right. I think it was. 17, maybe 18 years, something along there since uh, Tennessee had beat Alabama. So uh, it was pretty nice to (laughs) finally get get one of those. Right. (laughs) Maybe it'll happen again. (laughs) All right, so so my first question is, what is your favorite kind of ice cream? Favorite kind of ice cream? That's interesting because I've not really been a big ice cream eater my whole life until we moved to West Kentucky in New Pathways. I found this local place in Lone Oak called Parker's Drive-In, and they have soft-serve ice cream that's Prairie Farms ice cream, and I've eaten more ice cream in the last 10 years than I have my whole life, (laughs) but I get the chocolate and vanilla swirl soft serve there. Okay. That's that's the church camp special right Right, there. That's right. Chocolate vanilla swirl. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy over that. I mean, you really can't go wrong, you know, chocolate and vanilla is kind of staples of the ice cream world. Right, yeah. Right. We we recently had our ice cream social, and I was actually blown away with the vanilla that I ate. It oh, was really? some of the best vanilla ice cream I've had in a long time. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's good. Normally I don't eat vanilla, but that was a good moment for vanilla. Yeah, I was thinking, that, you know, it's it's so hot. It's that time of year. Everybody's been eating ice cream and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I was, I was curious. All right, my next question. Who would you say has influenced you the most in your life? Yeah. Well... 
probably like a lot of other folks, there have been several, but my dad would be, you know, the most influential. Uh, you know, dad was preaching when I was a young boy growing up, and he encouraged me uh, as a youngster to, you know, get up in front of people, right. do a lesson, lead a song, prayers, those kind of things. And, uh, you know, watching his example and then all that encouragement and then, uh, you know, dad's had cancer a number of years now and, and watching him deal with that the way that he has, uh, you know, I've learned just a lot of valuable lessons yeah. from awesome. his life and teaching and sure. encouragement. Wow, that's a great answer. Uh, if only I could convince my son to get up in front of people and do anything. <laughs> so you might find this interesting, Brian. A number of years ago, Mom and Dad were moving, and I was helping, and we were going through some boxes in the attic, and we came across a box that had uh, something like uh, Ricky's sermons or Ricky's lessons. Oh, wow. and right. Dad had kept some outlines and different things, and we found one in there that was dated in 1966. I was seven. Oh, wow. And uh, Dad was preaching at a little church over in northwest Tennessee, and uh, he had helped me get a lesson together. And one Sunday night, uh, you know, put a box <laughs> behind the podium and I stood up on it and probably all of three minutes right you know preach my first sermon but you know it, it helped <laughs> me I, I did that a number of times and we found several of those dated over the next uh, four or five years you know when I was six seven ten twelve right. wow. and I got used to being in front of people and, yes exactly you know, later uh, as an adult it never really bothered me to you know you get up and speak yeah. and Right, be a part of you know that church life and worship. Sure, yeah. sure. All right, uh, oh, are we going? You got I think another it's my turn. It yeah. is your turn. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> be quiet. I can't, I can't keep counting. <laughs> okay, so uh, as we just mentioned right right before we started recording here, um, that my family is in the process of of moving to South Carolina, and I imagine that. You've moved a number of times in, in your lifetime. What is the worst thing about having to move? Well, <laughs> probably packing up all the trinkets that my wife has. <laughs> you know, is she going to hear this yeah, episode? Well, <laughs> I probably won't let her listen to it, you know. But, uh, you know, she's an only child. And okay. Both of her grandmothers had antiques and different oh, things wow. like that. Right. So they were all handed down to her, and she loves that kind of stuff. So she's got cabinets and shelves that have, you know, these plates and dishes and cups and right. glasses and this little thing that her grandmother got, you know, from uh, her grandfather when he was in Japan in the war. Okay. Wow. So, you know, just thinking about, man, you got to wrap all that stuff, pack <laughs> yes. it all up, box it all up, and <laughs> yes. then it's marked, you know, fragile and be right. really careful loading it into a truck or trailer. So... Uh, there are a lot of more serious things, you know, <laughs> right. that are challenging about a move, but uh, that's it, definitely the most tedious. It is, oh, it is it frustrating. Just, uh, you know, uh, one of those that kind of drives you crazy. But yes. oh, on the other side, you know, you always, uh, you know, people that you've connected with, relationships that you've built. It's hard to say, 
so long because you know you won't see those folks as right. often. You know, you right. can't just run over and have lunch <laughs> with them or visit right. a little while. And exactly, uh, you know, that's that's a tough part of moving, especially if you've been in a place a number of years and right. built close relationships with people. Right. And how, you, you you preached full time for a period of time. So how how many times have you had to move? Yeah. So in 30 years, we moved three times. Okay, great. Uh, so we were at uh, a couple of places for pretty long periods of time, uh, 12 years and mm-hmm. uh, uh, almost 10 years and, and whatever the different eight there. <laughs> uh, have to do quick, quick math. Right. Uh, so, you know, not too many times. And then, of course, we moved to New Pathways in 2013 and been there a little over 10 years now. Okay. Okay. Great. So you're doing the Lord's work. Everybody needs a break, though. When you take vacation, what would you say uh, your favorite or best vacation spot is? Man, best vacation spot. So we like the mountains, Okay. Pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Five years ago, our first grandson was born. Uh, five years ago in May, and then two years ago, uh, February, a second one. Uh, so we've been on two trips in the last uh, five years to the beach. Okay. And, uh, you know, beach is okay, but for me, it's kind of like, you know, an hour out there in the hot sun is long enough. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm not uh, going to lay out in my, uh, you know, thong (laughs) like some folks that do there on the beach, you know, no Speedos for me. So, uh, you know, but you know, it's, yeah, you don't want to get that in. Yeah. Right. Yes. So thanks. And now you're going to have to say, boy, we'll never invite him back again. (laughs) Give us that kind of image. But, you know, sitting on the balcony, uh, enjoying the sound of the beach, you know, watching the grandkids play there and those kind of things. It's enjoyable to be with them and, you know, our daughter and son-in-law and relax there. But I'd choose for my benefit probably the mountains creek yeah. side and yeah. sure. you know, a little hiking and yeah uh trying not to run into any of the bears there you right go. <laughs> now when you say mountains are you you're from west tennessee yeah so are you a smoky mountain or rocky mountain yeah like which one smoky mountain guy okay. you know that's where when i was growing up when i lived at home young boy you know that's where mom and dad took us yeah. many times sure. over the years yeah. and i've uh, been to the rocky mountains once uh but just familiarity yeah and uh, right yeah you know proximity, proximity right yeah. for sure <laughs> all right well as we continue on with our episode this week we are getting into the the meat of the week right now and one of the main reasons that we are asking the question that we are today is because of the work ricky that you do with uh, new pathways for children and uh, you said you said you've been there for ten years. Yeah, a little over ten years. A little over ten years, yeah. and you're the di- is it director? Yeah. Is that yeah, what executive it's director? Executive is director. My official title. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that you know just about anything and everything uh, comes across my way. Right. I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of great things 
going on there. We've we've heard a lot of good things about continued growth and um, plans for a, a, another structure, right? And, yep. and working toward that. And tell us a little bit about kind of just uh, how things are going uh, there. Yeah, sure. Well, New Pathways for Children is a private referral uh, child care agency. We are a Christian agency as well. So by being private referral means, you know, we don't work with the state foster care system. Right. So we're working directly with uh, parent parent or custodian of the children. Uh, they give us guardianship and uh, we bring children in who need uh, to be cared for, maybe a family situation. They're just not able to take care of them. We just got a little boy whose uh, mother's 67 mm. and uh, a number of issues around just her ability to take care of him. So we operate two group homes and uh, one family model home now. Uh, we have 24 children. They age in ra- uh, range. Their age range is uh, 18 months to 16. Okay. Uh, we have uh, 13 boys and 11 girls in uh, those three homes. And you mentioned our, our growth and expansion. We uh, just started building uh, another home. Uh, footing's been poured, and right. some of the rough-end work has Great. gotten started. And uh, we're hoping to get that finished maybe uh, early next year to be right. able to get children in it. Fantastic. That's That'll be great. That is awesome. So you, you work with kids pretty often, um, and that is why we have decided to have the episode that we're going to talk about today. But the, the question that we're asking is, am I a child? And not in a sense of, am I childish? Um, because I, I've, I've definitely been called a child before. <laughs> um, probably happened last week when I was visiting mom and dad. Right. Um, but but we're talking about, uh, am I a child from the from a Christ perspective. The the passage that we're going to refer to is Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to read that real quick. Matthew 18, verses 1 through 4. This is what it says. It's in, in the heading in my Bible is, who is the greatest? And, and what Jesus says is astounding. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who is the greatest? A child. <laughs> right. So, when, like, like we, we always ask the question at the end, so am I a child? Like, I, Jesus says, if you're the greatest, yeah. Right. <laughs> if you want to be the greatest in yeah. the kingdom, you've got to be like a child. Of course, that has, seems to have all kinds of implications, yeah. right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of directions that that I know my mind goes with that. But I really wanted to ask you, Ricky, if what what goes through your mind when you hear that idea, especially with your experience with working with kids and, and everything. What are some things that come to mind for you with that passage? Yeah, well, I think one of the first things is just how much Jesus valued children. Yes, especially against the backdrop kind of where our current culture is and how little value is placed on uh, children, you know, protecting them, 
uh, the value of their life, the value of a child in the womb. Right, uh, right. You know, there are just a lot of contrasts because, uh, you know, it's obvious from what Jesus said that he places a high value uh, on children, so much so that he equates the greatness in the kingdom with a child. And, uh, you know, it points to the importance, the significance of how he feels. And, you know, in, in a little bit of a parallel passage over in Mark 10, uh, when people are bringing children to Jesus, you yes. know, the disciples step in. It's interesting, <laughs> you know, the disciples to... are here asking the question, you know, who's yes. the greatest? And uh, we know from another passage in Mark, they've been arguing about it. Uh, right, right. And now, you know, they're going to get a final answer from Jesus. You know, well, is it me or is it my brother or, you know, one of these other scoundrels? Who yeah. is it? <laughs> and Jesus completely throws them off. But in that scene where people are bringing children, it's the disciples who rebuke the children, who want to hinder them. Right. And it makes Jesus angry. And yeah. he tells the disciples, you know, get out of the way. Don't hinder these kids. And then he says basically the same thing about how valuable and important and significant they are uh, to God, to him, and in the kingdom. So, you know, that's one of the things is just, uh, you know, the significance and the value that God places on children and then how... You know, they see the world so differently. Right. They marvel at the creation of yes. God. They marvel yes. at the wonder. And, you know, unfortunately for a lot of us, as we get older, uh, you know, we miss the sunrise and sunset every day. That uh, We miss the mud puddle that, you right. know, the child <laughs> wants to run and jump in right. and play in the rain and uh, just those things that are all around us that God has provided and blessed that they don't miss. They, right. They pause long right. enough to mm-hmm. uh, relish those. Yeah. And the thing is because we, we've kind of taken for granted, you know, those things after after having seen it so many times. Yeah. You know, we just, we, we expect those things. Yeah. And, and then we don't we don't relish it the way that a, that a child does. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, y'all are hitting at my next at the next question. Um, we're obviously we're not children. Um, Jesus values children. How do we become more like children? How do we have that childlike wonder or just that mindset? Yeah. Well, I think one of the ways is we have to kind of be real honest and look at ourselves and say, you know. I'm not really that important. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the greatest. I'm not right. the most significant, uh, which is you know just a little bit of humility on yes, our part. Absolutely, recognizing where we fit into God's purpose and plan and uh, what He wants, and it doesn't make us insignificant. It just helps us to recognize you know, kind of our right place, sure. where we fit in. Uh, I think one of the other things, Jackson, is maybe spend a little bit more time with children. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, our work at New Pathways, I get a chance to spend a lot of time with children, a lot of different ages, a lot of different uh, points of development with them. Uh, and, you know, to watch them sometimes with the compassion they have for one another or the questions 
that they ask or the things that interest them or their gifts or talents. We, we've got a little boy who's seven right now in one of our homes, and it's astounding how good an artist he is at really? seven. Wow. He can look at a picture and then draw it, and it's amazing. I can't draw a stick person. Right, you know? right. <laughs> I mean, it just, you don't want me on your team if you're playing, you know, the game there where you got to go. Pictionary, yeah. <laughs> you don't want me because, you know, I can't draw. And so, you know, spending time with children in a variety of settings, just watching, uh, you know, the wonder that – uh, is there when they see and experience things, uh, you know, watch them chase a frog across the yard and uh, right. catch it or, uh, <laughs> you know, marvel when an airplane goes up. I mean, how many times does one fly over and we hardly notice? Right. And, you know, right. but they're looking and, you know, marveling at that and all of those things. So I think just spending some time around and with children uh, helps us kind of see, okay, maybe some of that humility and that trust and that innocence that's right. a part of their life and the uh, the wonder and marveling that they're doing of all the things that are going on uh, <clears throat> might help us to recapture a little bit broader vision of, of the kingdom and what God really wanted us to be more like as we follow Jesus. I wrote down I wrote down three words, and you said two of them just then: innocence and trust. When I mm-hmm. see a kid, those are two things that that one they have innocence. I hope they have trust, whether it be their parent or they're at New Pathways and they trust the the people they're taking care of them. Um, and and reliance is the other word mm-hmm. that I thought about. And when we're able to have those three things and look to God as the person that we trust or that we are relying on, and we act like a child in his presence in the sense that we, we don't have anything without him. Like he's the one that's taking care of us. That definitely helps us be childlike um, because we, yeah. we can't take care of ourselves. It all comes from God. So. <laughs> right, right. And I think that one of the things that happens is over the years – I think it starts with the humility and the trust that that we start to lose Mm -hmm. because we go from recognizing that we're a small part of a really big world to starting to think that, you know, this, the world kind of revolves around me Mm -hmm. and what I want. And, and so, so we, we let that shift and then the trust, I think that kind of starts going away as we, as we grow older and we've, we've been hurt by people. We, we've, uh, been uh, bamboozled by people. <laughs> I mean, uh, you betrayal know, simply happens, yeah. right? And, and, and so we we come upon situations where we we don't give people the benefit of the doubt. We we assume that uh, there people are out to get us, or we buy into conspiracy theories, or, or all those kinds of things because we don't trust. And we might feel like it's justified sometimes, but Man, look at look at all of the reasons Jesus was trying to point us toward children, and how rarely we exhibit those qualities with mm-hmm. the humility and the trust, relying on God, trust trusting God. I mean, that's such mm-hmm. a difficult thing for us sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we still face the ultimate or big temptation <clears throat> that started with the first human couple is, you know, you should be your own God. Right. You should be the one calling all the shots. That's right. You should be in charge. And, you know, humanity has uh, wanted to do that from the beginning. It's still the case that, you know, I know better for me than anybody else what I need, what should happen, even God uh, a lot of times. And, you know, the reality is, is when we, when we lose that trust and innocence and humility and we take that approach of, well, I know best and I'm going to be my own God, we make a huge mess, you know, <laughs> right. and all of us have experienced that. Uh, you know, in some ways in our own life. But then you look at, you know, a, a culture of people and the world of people, a big reason that so many things are in such a mess is because of that uh, lack of a childlike trust and humility and reliance and innocence right. mm. uh, and looking outside for God to be God and us to be his children. Yeah. So, am I a child? I think the answer ought to be, in a lot of ways, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. You know, don't be childish, right? <laughs> it's too easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but be childlike, especially in our relationship with God uh, and the trust and the humility that goes along with that. And uh, I love the suggestion of, of, spending more time around children whatever age you are whatever time of life you're in or situation circumstance you find yourself in i think that can do a lot for us yeah uh, i went i went to the jump park on yeah, sunday yeah that's with right the, yes, you with did. the junior department and it's not normally something i would have done but <laughs> let me tell you i had a blast right and right. yeah it was fun at the jump park but it was also fun to see the kids smile and laugh and just have a good time right again like there wasn't anything that was i mean i guess they could have broken a leg but there wasn't anything (laughs) bad that was gonna happen like it was just it was just good clean innocent fun right and sometimes that's really hard to come by it is Um, kids are kids are a great source and as christians hopefully we're able to influence them in a positive way all right all right so uh we we want to first thank all of our listeners for tuning in to this week's episode, but we also especially want to thank you, Ricky, uh, for being here today. Thoroughly enjoyed this time that we've had together. Appreciate your your insights today. Well, I've enjoyed being with you. Thanks for having me. All right. And uh, if, if you would like to know more about New Pathways for Children, their w- website is very simple. It is www.npfc.net as in New Pathways for Children, npfc.net. And go there. They would appreciate your your support and your prayers as they continue uh, to do some great things uh, for the children there. We hope that this episode has been one that has been uplifting for you and encouraging for you and, and helpful as you continue to grow in your identity as a follower of Jesus. Have a blessed day.